News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app. This is On the Mark. I am Mark Hessman. Thank you so much for making me a part of your Saturday morning. As uh, If you're joining us here on our uh, Facebook page, On the Mark KHMO, you may even notice a little bit of a different background. I am actually technically broadcasting from our Kick FM studios uh, up in uh, the heart of Quincy at 24th and Broadway here, uh, right behind the Coach House restaurant. So very excited to be broadcasting here in our Kick FM studios. A little bit different for me and a little different look for if you're uh, following along on the Facebook Live on our uh, On The Mark KHMO Facebook page. On The Mark is always, though, is brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street. In Quincy, you gotta ask them about that complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you. I gotta go see my guys over at Cunis get an oil change soon. Actually, part of the new year, uh, new year, new new oil change deal that I, I yeah, you know, all timed out really well. A uh, lot to get to on the show today. Obviously, uh, this is episode 115 of On the Mark on this uh, Saturday, December 18th. One of the crazy things that we saw all week leading up to in the world of sports is the kind of return of COVID in the world of sports. And what that means is uh, you got Bulls games getting canceled. You got Kyrie Irving coming back in the NBA. You got NFL games were supposed to happen today and tomorrow and Monday. But now you got NFL games that are going to be happening Basically, every almost every night for the next like eight days, uh, we got NFL games on Tuesday now, on Monday to uh, today. So we're gonna break down the whole schedule, go through it all, look at each game. It's hard to really talk about NFL games and what you think is gonna happen in these games because we just don't know who's gonna be even playing in these games. So we'll try to put it all together for you, get our own spin on it, and of course, uh, talk about Urban Meyer, Steph Curry, some other things, big stuff going on in the world of sports. So let's get it started. Uh, Hespin headline number one. Let's take a look at uh, these NFL games. Hespin's headlines on the mark. Okay, so Hespin headline number one, obviously the new schedule. I got it printed off right here in front of me, and we're going to kind of look through it now. Um, Obviously, uh, we'll talk about Kansas City, Los Angeles in just a second. That was an incredible Thursday night football game to wrap up uh, Fox's coverage of Thursday night football. Um, but you have a game today. It was supposed to be two games today, Cleveland and Vegas, and then New England at Indy. They've moved Cleveland and Vegas, rightfully so, to Cleveland uh, to Monday. So today at 7.15 on the NFL Network, we get New England at Indy. Everything else, though, Sunday, the full regular slate of games, massive slate of games, Monday doubleheader, L.A., I mean, excuse me, Vegas at Cleveland, 4 o'clock on the NFL Network. And then the normal Monday Night Football, Minnesota-Chicago, 7-15. Plus, then Tuesday, 
Uh, they're giving you a doubleheader of Seattle at L.A. That's going to be 6 o'clock on Fox or Washington at Philly, also 6 o'clock on Fox. I bet the national audience, for the most part, gets L.A. hosting Seattle because of the Rams uh, and, their, and their position. But who knows? Your, your area may get Washington at Philly. So normally at this point in time during On the Mark, you're saying uh, – Mark's going to give us his lock of the week, his upset of the week, his toss of the week. And as I said at the top of the show, I, I really am not getting into the gambling in the lines this week. It's just too difficult. And I would be cheating you uh, to be giving out picks and giving out locks and stuff like that when we just have no idea. The Cleveland Browns, even though the game got pushed back two games, two days to Monday, they still may be starting Nick Mullins at the quarterback position. I mean, this this is the kind of week we're dealing with in the NFL. So no lock, no upset, no toss-up. Uh, everything's a toss-up this week. It's just the way the NFL is right now. I do want to commend the NFL for uh, – for moving these games. Listen, the Washington football team, the Cleveland Browns, and the L.A. Rams are – I mean, everyone's dealing with COVID right now. And these are vaccinated players with COVID. So it, it, they've done what the, what the NFL's asked them to do to protect themselves, like many Americans across the country, and are still getting COVID. I got vaccinated and I had COVID uh, back in September. So, you, you, you know, these are players that are doing everything the NFL's asked of them – and they're having to still deal with the virus like we are as, as Americans across this country. Uh, same thing going on in the NBA. You can't then penalize a Cleveland, a, an L.A. team, and a Washington football team all very much in the thick of it in the playoff races to then say, oh, you just got to go ahead and play your games regardless at that time. They moved games last year because of covid I'm, I'm, I, it's, it's crazy that we got all the way to week 15 in an 18 week schedule before COVID became a massive problem in the NFL. I still think that's a, com, uh, you got to commend the NFL, uh, for that. Uh, listen, we as a nation are dealing with the surge in COVID cases again. And so if you're the NFL, you're part of that. It's just going to happen. But here we are week 15 in the NFL. Uh, and, uh, and you have three teams absolutely decimated with, uh, positive cases from vaccinated players and are down to third stringers and practice squad guys. Uh, so even if those guys are going to have to play and you're going to be, if you're Cleveland, you're going to be without Baker Mayfield, out Case Keenum, most likely, at least you get these guys a couple more days to get acclimated, get ready to have a legitimate fighting chance, uh, in this game and also protect the players. You can't ask these guys they're signing off the street to just come into the facility for one day, basically not even get a pad of practice, then say, all right, good luck. You're now playing against uh, the, the the Raiders who are uh, healthy and they got their starters ready to go. So it, it's going to be a mess of a weekend. I, I let's 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 start with in Hesman headline number one here as you're listening on the mark on News Talk 1070 KHMO. Uh, let's start with the fact that you have Kansas City at L.A. What a Thursday night football game that was. Chiefs take a 34-28 uh, overtime win in L.A. Uh, I will say this first thing. The, the Chiefs have now won seven in a row. They feel like the Chiefs of the past couple of years. They're back feeling uh, like we can trust the Chiefs. Trust Mahomes, trust this offense, and the defense that carried them in the first six games of the seven-game win streak. Listen, 
they ran into a Chargers offense that is extraordinarily talented and they were on the road. So giving up 28 points in overtime to a very talented Chargers offense, I, I'm not going to slight the Chiefs defense for having a big uh, a failure or a letdown game. It's not what we've seen the Chiefs defense do in the past couple games when they've carried them to wins. Uh, but again, they're beat up a little bit now later in the season. Uh, and the Chiefs defense really should be commended for getting them to this point. And they're leading their division. They're in the hunt for that one seed still in the AFC. Uh, I do want to talk about the Chargers really quickly. The Chargers, listen, I'm still very impressed by the Chargers and they're right on track for what I thought the Chargers were going to be. If you remember, you go all the way back to the prediction show back in early August. I predicted the Chargers to be the seventh seed in the AFC, a wild card team, surprise team, good young head coach, second year quarterback who we'll talk more about in a little bit is just exceeding expectations in Justin Herbert and is really putting himself on the map that maybe besides Patrick Mahomes as the young quarterback that you would want to start your franchise with it it really uh, what he's doing is so impressive in his second year I'll say this though I have two thoughts on the Chargers really quickly the first one being the fourth down calls you know the Chargers now have an identity they want to be the team and Brandon Saley the head coach say hey we're gonna just go for it on fourth down the analytics would argue that they're not in the wrong but I will be critical of them on one call at the very end of the first half One of the reasons you go for it at the end of the first half on a fourth down and goal situation, especially when you get the ball and start the second half, is the fact that if you don't get if you don't get it on a fourth and goal, then the other team gets the ball at like their own two yard line and you trust your defense to make a play and get you the ball back with good field position and not let them score on that drive. But the problem with going for it on fourth and goal when there's two seconds left is that if you don't get points, with you don't get the touchdown like what happened to the Chargers, they missed it, ball gets tipped, no points going to half, it's a, it's, it's a not a net gain because the Chiefs also just go into half then with the momentum of getting a big stop. If you take the field goal there, you go up by seven, and you get the ball uh, uh, you know, start the second half. Or, sorry, the Chiefs got the ball to start the second half. But regardless, you score, you get points, uh, you get a little bit of momentum going to half. You have a full score lead, so the worst thing that can happen is after the Chiefs' first drive in the first half is that you're tied or down by one if they decide to go for two. But you don't get any points, and the Chiefs get the ball to start the second half. I don't, I don't think that's the aggressive call I would make. I think you have to take in in consideration for the analytics the fact that it does support going forward on fourth and goal with you know at the start of the second quarter at the in early in the first quarter early in the third quarter whatever it may be because you then give the other team the ball on their own one yard line their own two yard line their own three yard line you trust your defense to get a stop uh, what happens there is the Chargers. They don't get any points, and then just goes in a half, and the Chiefs got some momentum there. So I didn't like that aggressive call from Brandon Staley. I think you take the points there. Um, but otherwise, I'll just say this. I think the Chargers 
And Justin Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes is going to be so much fun to watch over the next couple of years. Uh, these two, uh, I think uh, you right now could argue, besides maybe Josh Allen, are the two most gifted young quarterbacks in the NFL. And I don't even think Patrick counts necessarily as the young guy anymore. He's a he's a veteran. I mean, he's Super Bowl winner, Super Bowl MVP, fifth year is a starter now. Um, you know, and and Justin Herbert, uh, what what they're what he what he's showing is just incredible, and uh, that that, that Chargers team is going to be a lot for Kansas City to deal with over the next couple of years. Um, all right, let's look into the games. Listen, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on all these games because, like I said at the top of the show, we just don't know. Uh, I'll talk about the importance to each one of them and what it matters. Like tonight's games in New England at Indy. Listen, this is huge for both teams. New England is in control of their destiny with the one seed in the AFC. So every game matters to them. Uh, at Indianapolis, these are two teams that actually want to play a very similar style of football. They want to be led by their defense and their run games and have their quarterbacks make as little mistakes as possible. Um, this thing is going to be, I think, low scoring. I think it's going to be a fast game, meaning they both run the ball. Literally, the clock's going to run quickly. I trust Mac Jones to make less mistakes than I trust Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz, in my opinion, still has better big play potential. So it's going to be close, come down to the wire. I actually like the Colts at home to take care of the New England Patriots. Everyone's very high on New England right now. They should be. I'm high on New England. New England looks like a team that can win multiple playoff games. On the road, in Indy, rivals, uh, you know, a lot of bad blood between these teams. I like Carson Wentz on a national stage to make a play or two, and Frank Reich is a guy who's not going to be completely outcoached by a Bill Belichick. These teams are very similar. Uh, Indy's at home. I'm going to take the Colts in an, in an upset, actually, over New England. Uh, Carolina at Buffalo, bigger game for Buffalo. Their offense uh, is better at home. Uh, Cam Newton, you just can't trust him at all right now. And this Carolina Panthers offense is one of the worst in the league over the past three weeks. Love Buffalo at home against Carolina. Arizona at Detroit. Massive game for Arizona. Coming off that really tough home loss against the Rams. They're still very much in the hunt for the one seed. No Hopkins for the rest of the year. So I do think this game is closer. I would say, I don't know exactly the line. And I think they're favored by over 10 at in Detroit. I might take Detroit to cover the points uh, and the over, but I like Arizona to take care of business, get back on the winning track, and stay in the hunt for the one seed in the NFC with a win over the Lions. Uh, Miami hosts the Jets. you got to love Miami in this. They're playing really good football. The Jets are a mess. Their injuries all, all up the wazoo. And they're just uh, absolutely zero trustworthiness for the Jets offensively. Zach Wilson has just not looked good. And and he's not the only rookie quarterback that hasn't looked good. Justin Fields has, has had really bad moments. Trevor Lawrence has had really bad moments. We'll talk more about those guys later. I trust Miami and Brian Flores. Uh, they're on a roll right now coming off a bye uh, to get the win at home against the Jets. Dallas at Giants. you got to trust the, Gi- the, the Dallas here. Giants are bad. They're just bad. They're offensively bad. I think they're poorly coached right now. We don't know the health of Daniel Jones. And the rest of that team, Saquon Barkley has been a massive disappointment this year coming back from the ACL injury. I like Dallas in New York. Take care of business. Tennessee at Pittsburgh is a really interesting one. 
Pittsburgh is one of those teams, as soon as you count them out, they get themselves back in it. I don't know if that's going to be enough, though, even though they're at home to take care of Tennessee. Tennessee is starting to get healthy. They're starting to figure out that, hey, what is, what is life like without Derrick Henry and without having to force Adrian Peterson on ourselves? I think it's a smart move for them to get rid of Adrian Peterson, focus just in on supporting Ryan Tannehill, getting his weapons healthy. I like Tennessee to take care of Pittsburgh. They stay competitive for the one seed in the AFC. Houston at Jacksonville, this game's going to be wild. Absolutely wild. I, I Who knows what this game could look like? Davis Mills deserves some credit. If you look at his rookie numbers versus a lot of the other rookie quarterbacks right now. Uh, he's playing pretty well, the third rounder out of Stanford uh, that the Houston uh, Texans have picked on up. I don't know if that means he's going to be the quarterback of the future for Houston, but I do think it's smart of them to have named him the starter the remainder of the season. Give him an opportunity. Let him keep learning. Let him keep growing. Give him a chance to earn the job in the offseason as well, depending on how he looks down the stretch. Obviously, I like Jacksonville in this game. It's an emotional game for Jacksonville, getting rid of Urban We'll talk about more of that in a second here at Hespin Headline 2. And uh, so I like the Jags. Bengals at Denver. This is one of the really good games of the weekend. And for the most part, from what I've seen, not a ton of COVID um, absences and big injuries for this team. It's in Denver. I love Denver's defense, but I like Cincy's offense. I think Cincy will be able to put up enough points, and their defense has enough of a bite to get at Teddy Bridgewater to get this uh, to be a win for Cincy. Listen, both these two teams are very much alive in the AFC wild card race. Cincy, heck, they're still alive in their divisional race. I think it means more to Cincinnati, and I just trust Joe Burrow on the road. Atlanta at San Francisco. Don't be surprised if Atlanta really keeps this close and and has a possibility to even upset San Francisco. San Francisco, very physical team. I'll take them to win, but this game wouldn't shock me uh, if Atlanta's right in there at the end. Um, The one thing you do know is that Kyle Shanahan knows Matt Ryan really, really well. So, you know, he may be able to scheme up a couple things to confuse Matt Ryan and get at him as the Atlanta offensive line has not been great this year. Green Bay at Baltimore. Again, this is another one of those games, as we've seen so far, I, I, there hasn't been too much COVID buzz or huge injury buzz around this game. Looks like Lamar's going to go with the bad ankle. Um, is that the smartest decision? I don't know. I think I said it last week, or I've talked about it throughout the week. The biggest thing for Lamar Jackson, the Ravens right now, it's not this game. They still have, of their four games remaining, they still have games against Pittsburgh and Cincy. That's the important games. They win those two games, they win their division. It's as simple as that. There are 10 wins, they have the head-to-head wins, they have got to win at against Cincy and against Pittsburgh. The Green Bay and the Rams game, well, the headlines will want to be about that because they're the better records, better teams. That doesn't matter. You can lose these games if you're ball Baltimore. You cannot lose to Cincy and Pittsburgh. So if I was the Ravens, I would be putting all my health eggs in those baskets uh, and trying to get to 10 wins versus that. But I like Green Bay at Baltimore. Green Bay is the best team in football right now, maybe besides Tampa. I mean, they are arguably back and forth the two best teams in football. Uh, They look like a juggernaut right now. Physical Green Bay team, that's scary for the rest of the NFL. I'll take the Packers. New Orleans at Tampa, don't overthink it. New Orleans has been terrible since James has been out. 
Um, I think that makes Jameis more valuable in the open market as a quarterback option. Uh, you're just looking at what's happened in New Orleans, a really well-coached team with a, ta- a lot of talent around them. When they lose Jameis Winston, they've lost five in a row. Uh, I love Tampa at home on Sunday night football. So Monday night, Vegas at Cleveland. I'm going to take Vegas right now until I see what the injury report looks like, what the COVID report looks like. If Baker plays, they get some of their players back in Cleveland. Then I'll, then I might roll with Cleveland because I do think, uh, if Stefanski's back, their head coach and, and, and they can get some of those people back, I, I like just Cleveland, better head coach, a little more talent. But as of right now, I'd roll with the Raiders. Minnesota at Chicago. Uh, listen, Matt Nagy's been great against, uh, the Minnesota Vikings in his career. They get the extra day. Hopefully maybe get some of their assistant coaches back who've gone into pro COVID protocols can t- get some negative tests in a row here. Um, but otherwise, Chicago's beat up. Minnesota's not as beat up. I'll roll with the Bears at home because it's primetime Kirk Cousins and Nagy's been good against everyone in the division not named Green Bay. I think all that favors Chicago. And I just think there's something about Justin Fields in primetime versus Kirk Cousins in primetime we have to keep an eye out for. Kirk's just not good in primetime. And Justin Fields so far has played well when the lights are bright. Tuesday, Seattle at L.A. and Washington at Philly. Listen, if Washington was all healthy, I'd like Washington. They're not. I'll take Philly right now. Again, it's Tuesday, and we're talking about this on a Saturday. I just don't know yet. And then with L.A. at home against Seattle, it means more to L.A., even though they have a lot more players on COVID. L.A. will get this win at home. They'll find a way, Matt Stafford, to, they'll find a way to make sure they don't blow that huge win over Arizona with a comeback loss against Seattle. So I'll take L.A. and Philly as of now on Tuesday. But a lot of that can change just the way the world is going with COVID. Uh, that's going to do it for Hesman Headline Number 1. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. When we come back... We will get into Hesman headline number two, some quick thoughts on Urban Meyer, then Steph Curry, and then some more NBA thoughts to wrap up the show. It's a busy show. We're live and local, technically in Quincy this morning on the Gem City broadcasting for the Kick FM studio here. A little different look as some changes coming to KHML. Very exciting things. A new studio being built. All that jazz. Not going to get into it, but I'm broadcasting live in Quincy here. It's on the mark on News Talk 1070 KHML. Individual results may vary. There's enough after a workout or warm you up in a hot bath. Your tap water is there when you need it. It is even used to produce your morning coffee the clothes you wear, or cleaning the fruits and veggies you like to snack on. Your water utility works hard around the clock to ensure high-quality drinking water is there when you need it on demand. To learn about your water's journey from source to tap, contact your local water provider. Visit drinktap.org to learn more. This message is brought to you by the American Water Works Association. KHMO and the KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. On the Mark is brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. Not only are they your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, uh, they have over 3,000 new and used vehicles to choose from. The network of dealers that Cunis has, it's incredible. I told the story in the show a dozen times. I'll tell it a dozen more times. I went on CunisQuincy.com. I was like, oh, my gosh, this truck is exactly what I'm looking for. I messaged the dealership, and they were like, oh, well, this is in our Monmouth location. I was like, well, bummer. I don't want to drive up to Monmouth. They're like, no, no, no. We will have it for you tomorrow. They had it for me the next day. Drove it, test drive, bada bing, bada boom, make the deal. That's how incredible 
uh, the Cunis family of dealerships are. Cunis Honda, Cunis Hyundai. Uh, they got a ton of new inventory coming on in when everyone else's lots are empty or just got used inventory. Uh, they are the best in the tri-states, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Figure out why I joined the Cunis family. Tell them Mark sent you. Faith family giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. All right. So Urban Meyer gets fired. Um, listen, there's a lot of ways to go with this. First and foremost, Urban Meyer could have been fired midseason for a plethora of reasons. A plethora. Not only because he uh, made really dumb decisions before the season even started with Tim Tebow and the Iowa strength coach. Those were all really bad decisions that I criticized him for on this show. Distractions, bad judgment, that had a very college feel to it. Um, The NFL is a different sport than college football. It's a completely different sport. So grown men make millions of dollars, and you're dealing with billionaires who own this team, and they look at the bottom line. College, the head coach in a college program is judge, jury, executioner, and the Lord and Savior himself. They are. And and that's the way college should be run in a lot of ways. Because you got a lot more players. You're dealing with kids, young people. They need more of that structure. They're going through a transitional period of their lives as well. And a college coach should have his or her hand, whether it's men's, women's sports, doesn't matter, in a lot more cookie jars and have a lot more control because parents are giving their kid to them to kind of like pseudo help them in this transitional period. But once you get in the NFL, it's completely different. But then there was also the other things. You know, the, the skipping the flight and uh, hanging out in Cincinnati is one thing. It's a terrible thing. I mean, that's a fireable offense. We talked about when that happened. To our knowledge, that had never happened in NFL history that wasn't a funeral. Let alone, you find out then the reason he skipped a flight goes viral because he's got his hand on some college co-ed in some really bad video in an area where he's king of the world still, Columbus, Ohio. I mean, all of that was fireable. Besides the fact that it's fireable that your team stinks, And your record stinks. But I think the thing we need to focus on the most, too, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you have all of these things going wrong, right? You got the Iowa strength coach, the Tim Tebow, the skipping the flight, the the kicking the kicker, the the video with the college co-ed, all of that, right? The losing. But let's not lose track of the fact that Trevor Lawrence... We were talking about Trevor Lawrence this time last year. We were talking about Trevor Lawrence up until mid-August as the best college prospect at quarterback position since Andrew Luck. And before that, maybe Peyton Manning. And that a lot of people were comparing to Justin Herbert saying he's kind of a poor man's you know, Trevor Lawrence. A little bit less athletic, a little more mechanical, not as much zip. You know, Justin Herbert's kind of the poor man's Trevor Lawrence. He's a version of Trevor Lawrence, but I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence. I was saying that. National pundits were saying that, and rightfully so, if you watch the way they played at the collegiate level. 
Trevor Lawrence is completing 58% of his balls, 5.9 yards of completion, 229 yards per game, nine touchdowns. He started all games, 14 interceptions, been sacked 25 times. He's going to be sacked well over 30 times in his rookie year. To put that into perspective, Andrew Luck, the guy who he was considered like the best prospect since Andrew Luck, his rookie year, and a bad Colts team. When Peyton Manning went down with a neck injury, remember back in 2012, this Colts team fell apart, 1-15. in Andrew Luck was 11-5. He had 4,374 yards, 23 touchdowns to 18 interceptions, and was sacked even more. But remember that Andrew Luck rookie season. Playoff appearance, massive, massive ceiling. You could see it. You're like, holy smokes. Every game, he was deep ball to T.Y. Hilton, shrugging guys off, just getting obliterated by a terrible offensive line. Justin Herbert, whose head coach was also fired during his rookie season, after his rookie season, Anthony Lynn, and that Chargers team last year. Six and nine. But he had a 66% completion percentage. He threw for 4,336 yards. 31 touchdowns. Only 10 interceptions. So Urban Meyer needed to be fired for a lot of reasons. I should You should have fired Urban Meyer the day that video came out of him with his hand on a college co-ed. At a college bar when he skipped a flight. But the other reason you fire a head coach is because you draft a guy who's supposed to be the savior of your franchise. He is supposed to be the person that cannot fail. He cannot fail. Trevor Lawrence cannot fail. And he looks like garbage. Next to rookie year Justin Herbert. And two years ago, we were saying Justin Herbert is the poor man's version of Trevor Lawrence. That's why you also had to fire Urban Meyer. And I want to flip that really quickly and say, as a Bears fan, Matt Nagy should be fired for many reasons. Many, many, many reasons. He's not Urban Meyer. Matt Nagy is a good human being who's just... Not really capable right now of maybe overcoming the dysfunction of whatever the Bears organization is, but also his offensive scheme. Manhattan, I think, deserves a second chance or maybe somewhere else can go back and figure it out. But his offensive scheme itself is not good enough in the NFL at this time. And he deserves to be fired for a plethora of those reasons and the bad decisions that him and his GM have made, and Ryan Pace should be fired right with him. But the most important thing, it's the same thing in Jacksonville right now. The guy who's supposed to be the savior of your franchise who cannot fail is failing. It's not, he's not good enough. And Justin Fields is another guy who you would have said two years ago, well, talent-wise, I think he's kind of better than Justin Herbert. I kind of would have Justin over Justin. And Herbert's numbers blowing away what any of this rookie quarterback class is doing. And his coach got fired 
And Mac Jones has Bill Belichick, the best coach in NFL history. And Justin Herbert's coach got fired, and his numbers blow him away. So again, that's a credit to Justin Herbert. He's built to be. He's built to be an NFL quarterback. But also, you have got to get the quarterback right. And if your head coach is too busy worrying about college co-eds and not your young, your franchise quarterback, or if your head coach is too busy just worrying about his system, Matt Nagy, and curl routes and dig routes and comeback routes and not not being creative and and making sure that your young quarterback is flourishing, they got to go. They got to go. That's the game in the NFL. That's the game. Um, now, as far as Urban Meyer goes, and uh, a comment on the uh, KHMO, uh, on the Mark KHMO Facebook page. Yeah, I agree, Tyler. I do think Urban Meyer will coach again. I think by this time next uh, year, sit out for a while, but you're going to see around December of next year as coaching candidates open up in uh, in college football, there will be a team in the SEC or the Pac-12 or the Big Ten or the ACC who gives Urban a call and, it, and it'll feel like the right fit for Urban. It'll be somewhere where he knows he can recruit, have control of a program, and he'll go back to where he's successful. And he'll coach for a couple years to help turn a program around. You know what I mean? Kind of rehabilitate. He doesn't want to go to a win-now program. He'll want to go to a place that's like a South Carolina or an FSU. It's really down in the dumps. Get him to a couple nice bowl wins after four years and then walk off and be like, hey, his career ended on a positive note of turn around a program, does what Urban Meyer always does. Kind of help change his legacy a little bit. But his legacy is deservedly very tainted because he is uh, made nothing but bad, bad decision and showed his true colors uh, in this short tenure in the NFL. And again, I'm not comparing Matt Nagy to Urban Meyer in that way. I'm just saying as human beings are completely different. Matt Nagy is a great human being. He's not good enough right now as a head coach in the NFL, just like Urban Meyer wasn't good enough as a head coach in the NFL at developing your young star quarterback. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO on the KHMO app. When we come back, Switching focus, NBA talk, Steph Curry, legacy, uh, COVID throughout the NBA and what it's doing um, with the Kyrie Irving situation, all that exciting stuff. Listen on the market, News Talk 1070 KHMO. Take us anywhere. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. I will hug my mom. I can't wait to embrace my brothers and sisters from choir. We ask people what they would do when they get back to their loved ones. I'll do a big barbecue and squeeze every face in my family. My brother, he better be ready for that bear hug, too. (laughs) I need to hug my girls. Millions of people are getting vaccinated. It's our chance to get back to what we miss so much safely. And for people at higher risk of COVID-19 complications because of diabetes, high blood pressure, and heart conditions, or if you're a heart attack or stroke survivor, the COVID-19 vaccine is an important choice. With every vaccine, we are closer to a future free of COVID-19. The vaccines are safe, effective, and the right response. Getting back to life. Set your heart on it. It's up to you. For more information, go to heart.org slash vaccine. 
back. Four little words that are hurting America's pandemic response. Here, let Sean Hannity tell you. He loves these words. Do your own research. Can we all stop saying, I need to do my own research? Wow. Okay, so we have not only Brian Stelter, but we also have Trevor Noah. And if those two get together, that's like Superman and Batman working as one. Don't do your own homework or realize that those two nincompoops are ridiculous clowns. The Glenn Beck Program. Glenn Beck, weekdays and Sundays on KHMO and the KHMO mobile app. Today, rain is possible in the area, mainly late in the afternoon or early in the evening. Highs will top out near 43 degrees. Winds easterly 5 to 10 miles per hour. And then tonight, chance for more rain before midnight and lows drop to 33. This is meteorologist Phil Jensko. Right now it's 30. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Uh, we are brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy, Faith Family Giving Back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. If you want more content from me, you like listening to the show, whatever it may be, follow me on Twitter at Mark Hespen, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-N. I may give out some bets there once I know more of what the week looks like with COVID uh, as I started the show with it. Just couldn't, didn't feel comfortable giving a lock and upset uh, and a toss up this week with everything going on in the NFL and, uh, and the health situations. Uh, so on Twitter at Mark Hespin, if you want more content from the show throughout the week, I post things about kind of what we're going to be talking about. Just search on the mark KHMO on Facebook on the mark, all one word KHMO on Facebook. All right. Uh, Steph Curry. He breaks the three-point record um, in 511 games fewer than Ray Allen. That is six full seasons of games he did it quicker than Ray Allen. He's ahead of James Harden, the next active player on the list, by over 400 threes. That's over a season's worth of threes. And he's done that in 100 fewer games than James Harden. And a lot of people talk about Steph and he's he's small on his ankles and what's his longevity like. But right now, if you had to make a bet, who plays more games the rest of their career, Harden or Steph? I would trust Steph. His game's more suited to where the NBA is going. Harden's not getting the foul calls anymore and these things that they've gotten rid of for Harden and Trey Young. Trey Young, you notice how he's fallen off the map since the NBA has stopped giving these ridiculous jump into the guy, foul calls way beyond the three-point arc. It's fallen off the map. We haven't talked about Trey Young at all. The Hawks, nowhere to be seen, really, in, in competing for the top of the Eastern Conference. So, Steph Curry's setting, he's going to set a record, in my opinion, he'll play four more years at his peak, uh, three more years at peak Steph, another year or two, probably five more full seasons. Uh, he will have this record, I, I think, for decades if not for all time, what he's done. And Steph Curry at age 33 in his 12th season, it reminds me that we as sports fans right now, in my age, 30 years old, I'm 30, 31 years old, born in 1990. If you're anywhere in that 25 to 40 range, and older, you know, really 25 and older to like, you know, as long as you're not, too old at this point in time because we're still in the peak of it. We are so lucky as sports fans. Steph Curry is the greatest shooter in NBA history, and we've gotten to watch it all. We've also, in our lives as sports fans, my life at 31 years old, gotten to watch every single bit 
of the greatest NFL player and greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. And Steph Curry's in this class. He he belongs in this class. As the greatest shooter in NBA history, you belong in this class of guys to talk about and females. We'll talk about it. Men and women, athletes. So Steph Curry, we got to watch the greatest shooter of all time. We got to watch the greatest football player slash quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. We've got to watch the greatest golfer of all time. It is the GOAT era, Dawson. I agree in the Facebook comment. It's the GOAT era, the greatest golfer of all time, Tiger Woods. I know he won't have the majors that Jack. He's the greatest golfer of all time. He's the GOAT. We've got to watch the greatest Olympians of all time. Simone Biles, Michael Phelps, Usain Bolt. The greatest Olympians of all time. Goats of their era. Now, I'm not saying that we won't have people who maybe pass all these individuals. There's a chance, but it's all happening in this time. MJ, now MJ for again, we're on the young side of MJ. I was born in 1990, so but understanding MJ's career, the people a little bit older, you include MJ in that era, but also I would include LeBron, the second greatest basketball players of all time, hands down, not even close. He's the only one even in the conversation with Michael Jordan. LeBron James. Plus, you have the tennis stars of Serena and her sister, but Serena, the GOAT female tennis star. And you could argue an argument that Serena is maybe the greatest just tennis player if you take out gender. Obviously, if Serena played Federer in their prime, we know. Men serve faster. Men can beat women. We get it. We get it. But if you take all that out, Serena, GOAT, plus Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic. You could argue all three of them deserve the title of the greatest male tennis player of all time. They've all played against each other in the same era. So we are in a GOAT era, and I just, Steph Curry belongs in that conversation. He's not the greatest basketball player of all time. He's not. I make the argument, he's to me, he's the second greatest point guard of all time behind Magic Johnson, but he is the greatest shooter of the basketball we've ever seen and probably will ever see. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. You can follow me on Twitter at Mark Hespin, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-N. Follow the show on the Mark KHMO on Facebook. When we come back, final break, some dots and some other things going on with the NBA, uh, COVID-related, non-COVID-related, the return of of Kyrie Irving. It's not every day that taking O and the KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark Sencha, welcome on back to the show as we're starting to wrap it up here. Just a couple minutes left in the show. More NBA talk. Um, listen, I, I want to start the NBA talk with the return of Kyrie Irving. COVID, you know, we started the show with COVID decimating the NFL schedule and NFL players and vaccinated NFL players. Same thing happening right now in the NBA. You have vaccinated players who are out and whole teams. I mean, obviously the Bulls, two games canceled this week, uh, postponed. The NBA is going to have to deal with this probably worse than the NFL in the remaining point. I mean, the NFL is near the end of their season, uh, and then you're going to get um, 
you know, playoffs, you're going to whittle the teams down here as COVID's getting bad. But the NBA playing in arenas, everything's going on, uh, flying to the airplanes, uh, more travel. It's going to happen. You're going to have to postpone games. You're going to have to reschedule games. Um, this is just where we're at. It's back in this sense in sports. You know, we made it through last year. Pretty okay, and, and understanding the begin, like thinking, hey, the beginning of this season we should be through this. Unfortunately, we're not. It's back in sports uh, in in a full swing in the NHL as well. Don't talk a ton of hockey, but it, it's it's there as well. Kyrie Irving, this is how bad it's gotten for COVID for the Nets. Kyrie Irving is back as a part time player. It's it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. If you're Kyrie Irving, just. I, I, I'm, I just want to make sure I understand. You don't want to get vaccinated, but you will join the team. Probably, obviously, have to wear the mask, all the distancing you're going to have to do to play part time in arenas where your your likelihood of getting COVID is now going to be higher than ever as it's new variants are spreading and all this stuff. He's so he's really not scared of getting COVID. As he is, he's more concerned about the vaccine. I mean, that's all that's saying to me, right? I mean, uh, it's very interesting. I, and again, to each their own, more power to him. But uh, that's how bad it's gotten. Kyrie Irving, we will get to see play for the Nets on road games because he can't play at home because he's not vaccinated in New York. Um, also, the Bulls, uh, news out late last night this morning, they have finally cleared uh, team protocols. They can actually just start practicing again. That's how many guys uh, in the Bulls organization had it. Uh, listen, for the Bulls, they are in a really precarious spot and should be in trade talks. The trade talks are heating up in the NBA. Um, uh, I just think that the Bulls, to me, right now, have a win-now opportunity. I'd love to see them kick the tires on Sabonis from the Pacers. We talked about blowing up the Pacers last week. Turner from the Pacers. Uh, our guy on Facebook, Tyler, brings up a great point. Uh, I think uh, Lance Nance Jr., Covington out of Portland, depending on what Portland's doing, there are players to be made. If you're the Bulls, my biggest concern right now for you in a deep playoff run is size. Do you have enough size to deal with Milwaukee? I think the Bulls can handle Brooklyn. I really do. I think they can score with Brooklyn. I mean, they have uh, Brooklyn's got Harden and KD, but the Bulls have Levine and DeRozan and Vooch and players off the bat. Like they can score with Brooklyn, but do they have the size to deal with Giannis and Milwaukee? I don't know. Especially because Vooch is a more finesse big, and I think Vooch would be more uh, more comfortable living in and out of the paint and around the three point arc and, and moving to more of a power forward role. Um, I think that's going to be a, a key for the Bulls. Can they find some size, some extra size to help Vooch feel more comfortable and not just rely on him having to defend the paint completely? Uh, and then finally, Anthony Davis, MRI in the knee. Listen, Anthony Davis. Uh, you know, he's one of these guys right now, his career is turning into just, uh, you know, one of the most talented guys that you just can't rely on. I mean, when Anthony Davis is healthy and he plays the style of basketball where he just uses his size and plays big inside, he is one of the most dominant players in the NBA, top five. But right now, if you're the Lakers fans, you're concerned. I mean, LeBron James is turning back the clock. What, he, what LeBron is doing again, can't be uh, underappreciated enough. The dude is insane. He is playing more minutes, more workload than a guy like 11 years younger than him, it feels like, in Anthony Davis, eight years younger than him, 
and is still healthier than ever, carrying this Lakers team uh, to stay above that you know play in tournament in the West. Uh, if I'm a Lakers fan, I'm very concerned with the future of my franchise post LeBron James because Anthony Davis is just not a one. He's not reliable. Another MRI in the knee. It's brutal. Thank you so much for tuning on into this edition of On the Mark, episode 115. Enjoy this weekend of sports again. We got a ton of NFL games over the next couple days. Good luck betting them. I don't know. I'll try to follow me on Twitter at Mark Hesper. We'll have some fun with it. Uh, we will see you next week. There will be a show Christmas morning. It's going to be fun on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO. Millions of people use.